L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Welcome to Jags Drive Time with John Osherberg and Brian Sexton. Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Good morning. The story of the first half was what happened at the end of the half. Trevor Lawrence went down after being sacked by James Houston. We don't know how severe or if it's severe or not. Pretty clear Beathard's going to be the quarterback to start the half. We have not seen Trevor Lawrence out on the field. CJ is warming up. Remember, the Lions have the ball first. Inside handoff here. This is DeAndre Swift. Got it to the 45-yard line. A two-yard gain on first down for Swift. And we do see Trevor coming back onto the field. And he's jogging back onto the field. Boy, is that a good, regardless of what happens here, boy, is that a sight for sore eyes. Trevor Lawrence in uniform, jogging back along the end line and jogging back toward the Jaguar sideline. Man, is that good to see. Oh, boy. Sounds of the game from Ford Field on Sunday. You can find more of that at Jaguars.com. Obviously, it's in Jags Wired, which airs on Wednesday nights on Fox 30. The really good stuff put together by the broadcast production team here at TIAA Bankfield. Good morning. Brian Sexton with you, along with John Osier. Um, If I had a camera, John, and I could squeeze in there, I would show that you once again have brought your holiday coffee mug in. I think this has become a tradition every year to feature, what does it say? Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. P-A-W. Like paw, like dogs. Yeah, I get it. I like it. See, what's funny about that is it's supposed to be holidays. Yeah. But they said holidays. You are an interesting creature of habit, John. I like that about you, that you pull that out two weeks before Christmas. See, the joke is... (laughs) I've I've fallen along. Uh, Obviously, what we saw there with Sounds of the Game leads us to the big storyline of the week. So let's jump right into big things. Without further ado, we'll start... With Trevor, is he ready to go? The head coach said yesterday he would be day-to-day. He termed it a sprained toe. Uh, We saw some of Trevor around the building yesterday, but he was not on the practice field. And then the question was asked of him finally when he met with the media after practice. What do you think? I'm feeling better today um, than I was Monday and yesterday. You know, a little bit of the soreness is is kind of going down a little bit. Um, Obviously still, still sore and kind of taking it day by day, but... Um, fortunate for sure. You know, I feel I feel pretty good. And from ready to go to ready to get going again, and Travis Etienne, who had a string of three consecutive hundred-yard games, and then it was interrupted with the injury, and he has to get going this week. Very difficult challenge in front of him with the Tennessee Titans, who were excellent against the run, but they need to get this ground game going to give balance for the quarterback, whichever quarterback it might be. And finally. We'll roll through to South Struggles. The Jaguars, as you know if you follow this team, have struggled in the AFC South for a very long time. In fact, they haven't beaten a team other than the Colts since September 19th of 2019. And the head coach knows as he's putting the pieces together for this franchise for now and the future, 
you got to change that. You know, Tennessee the last couple of seasons has been the, been the team, right? They're the ones that have been kind of carrying the torch, and I think that's the that's the team that we're all kind of chasing. You know, Indy is, has been kind of in that second second spot there, and um, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get there. You know, we're trying to build it, and and uh, hopefully one day be be the ones that everybody else is kind of chasing. And John, let me show you the numbers here from 2017 forward. 2017, obviously. I'm good. I'm good on that. You know, yeah, you know what? Well, I, maybe you don't know anymore. <laughs> You're watching at home. So let's show you the Jaguars' record in the division. 10 wins and 24 losses dating back to 2017, which, by the way, was their only AFC South division title since this division was accumulated in 2002. So... <laughs> It's been a long time. They haven't played very well. They've lost five in a row to the Titans and nine in a row to the Texans. This game, as you talked about yesterday, is important for many reasons, but as much as those is the chance to get on the board against a team other than the Colts. Yeah, the numbers are actually not that good. Uh, and they're 1-9 and nine against Tennessee in their last 10. ten. Uh, they even got swept by in the year they won the South. Uh, they've lost every game up there since 2013, so it, it's. Uh, I'm not as concerned right now about the rest of the South because I I don't feel like there's a thing with the Colts. You know, it, you know they clearly can handle the Colts, or, and I feel like the Texans once they get this thing going, right? I feel like they're going to start handling not handling the Texans, but be on even keel. It's not going to be that doesn't feel like a thing, but. Going to Nashville late in the season like they have, there's an aura, and I don't know if you'd feel that with another franchise, but you do with this one. And uh, so I, I think it's very important because this is the team. You know, again, when the Texans have beaten them, they haven't felt handled. No. They felt like they've tripped over themselves. Yeah. When they've gone up to Nashville, they have gotten handled. Over and over and over again, with the exception of the of, of the 2019 game or the 2020 game early when they kind of came back and almost made that a game, did make that a game. If you're going to win this division and and feel good, you know, guess what, Brian? They got to go every year, right? Yeah, you know, they're not going to change that. <laughs> yeah. So as they're getting on planes and going out on that field, you would like them to feel better about things when they start competing, which I think they will next year. So in that sense, I think I think it's huge. If they lose it, I don't think it's a disaster. But if they win it, how much better do you feel if, if they're walking off that field, getting on that plane? To me, it changes the whole dynamic of how you feel about this team in January if you get this one. It feels and, so much more important than the others. And that's irrespective of the fact that if they were to beat the Titans on Sunday, then all of a sudden you could start talking about sure. playoff scenarios legitimately again. That, that doesn't even matter at this point. What matters is the Jaguars find a way to win in a place and against a team that has been inhospitable to them all the way back to 1995 when the Oilers beat the Jaguars in their very first game. It's just It's been that thing. The Oilers have won 33, 33 of the 54 games played between these two teams. And it's really become a thing, though, to me in the last five, six years. There was a time where I thought this thing was a little bit overrated where if, if you really look at the records – they had the deal in uh, for a couple years in the 90s that was so prominent. Yeah. But then it was sort of even for a long time. They would split. It would be weird games. 
But then all of a sudden in 13, when they stop being able to win up there, it's just sort of slid. Actually, you know, more because that franchise was better than this one. It hasn't been a real mystery. It hasn't been like the Jaguars have beaten everybody else and beaten the Titans. They've struggled against everybody, but it's really been bad against the Titans. Let's roll back up through big thing two. The Jaguars facing a run defense that's number three in the league, only allowing teams 83 yards a game. That's incredible. And, of course, their third down percentage, and let's show you that, is number one in the league. They only allow teams to convert 30% of the time. 49 of 161 attempts. They're really good up front. So if you're not going to be able to run the ball effectively, that brings us to the biggest story of the week, and that is the health of quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He did not practice yesterday. I believe it was the first time in his tenure here that he has not practiced on Wednesday. Yeah, I think there was one where he was COVID at some point with all the COVID weirdness that he didn't practice one day because of that. I I can't remember that specifically, but he said something about it in the press conference. But it's it's really the first time that an injury has kept him out of practice. And whether he goes or not is still largely up in the air. C.J. Beathard talked in the locker room about doing what backup quarterbacks do, preparing to be able to play. Um, And Lawrence sounded like he was okay. But we don't know at this point. Yeah, I, I got the vibe, and it's still a little bit tricky to read Tealys with Doug because, I mean, not Doug Peterson, he does a nice job of keeping it close uh, to the vest, and you know, so that the other team doesn't know what's going on. I, I think they'll do that with Trevor a little bit. Um, my vibe was when Doug said yesterday that he believes Lawrence will be on the practice field at some point this week. Uh, Doug usually says guys are trending in the right direction, but the fact that he thinks Trevor will practice this week yeah, at some point sense. is a little bit more. And then Trevor walked into the media thing yesterday, uh, really no protective shoe. Uh, it didn't look to me like it was limping. I wasn't, you know, I didn't follow him down the hallway. Totally I'm, in, right. I'm not that guy. Yeah. Uh, but so it looked and felt like a guy who was going to play for this reason. Think about it. With a lot of injuries, you want to keep it off, keep it rest. But a toe, even if it's minor, you would think with a toe injury, you really want to give it rest because the more time, then the better he's going to feel on Sunday. So, again, my gut is that he plays. I don't want. To, I don't really want to see it if he doesn't yeah. up there because I think how he plays is so key, which we can get to later. But I, I, I feel like this is a huge game for this offense because they have not, you know. I feel like the offense is going to be a strength of the team this year and next year for, for, for the CLB future because I think it's going to be tough to build this defense to be dominant quickly. Well, if you're going to depend on your offense, you have to depend on offense against good defenses. Yep. So you'd love to see them start, okay, we're a good offense overall. Now can we go be really good against tough Ds because that will get them over the hump start winning big games. And we'll find out as we get closer to game day whether or not Trevor Lawrence is able to play in Nashville. We'll take a break. When we come back to TIAA Bank Field on this Thursday morning, we'll go around the locker room and give you a sense of what the fellas are talking about as they get ready for the AFC South matchup against the Titans. Back after this. Well, Fields Auto Group is a proud sponsor of the Jaguars. They invite you to step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com Brian Sexton and the senior writer from Jaguars.com. John Osier with you here on Jags Drive Time. 
and time to go around the locker room. What the guys were talking about yesterday as they met with the media post-practice. And we'll start with wide receiver Christian Kirk coming off a six-catch, 104-yard performance in Detroit. Obviously, he has been ultra-productive this year for quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He was asked, well, what happens if Lawrence isn't the guy on Sunday and if C.J. Beathard has to step in and play? We got a lot of belief in C.J. Um, I personally played against C.J. before and, uh, you know, came in and uh, ruined our day for us. He had a great day himself, so I've seen it firsthand, you know, what he can do. Guys in this locker room have a lot of respect for him and a lot of confidence in him, so, um, you know, we don't expect to, you know, miss a beat, you know, just pick up where we left off from. And I guess that's what they have to say, but we haven't sure. had a chance to see C.J. Beathard since right. August. And so yeah. wondering how functional he will be in a couple of days' practice against a very good Titans team is a lot to ask. Yeah, I think some people expected, like, the camera to pan over and for Christian to just have a tear, <laughs> I mean, which isn't how they feel. Yeah, he's such a pro. Yeah, I mean, he uh, – yeah, Beathard, it, he didn't play very well this preseason, but he was coming off uh, – The groin injury from the groin. June. So, yeah. uh, to me, when he's played, he's looked like a very serviceable backup. I've always thought in the NFL, if if, if you have a good team, an 11 and five ish team, 11 and six ish team, you want a backup that if they play a month, they can get you two and two. Uh, you know, I I feel like CJ, if this team was a 12 and five team, if you had to play a month with them, you know, with a good team around, he probably gets you a couple of wins and and a couple where a big-time quarterback in that situation maybe gets you one more. I think that's the difference. I think he's that guy, uh, which is what you want out of a backup. You you know, you're not going to have Mahomes um, sitting on the bench behind Trevor. No. So this is what it is. Beathard was also in the locker room yesterday talking with the media, as you would expect, just in case he is the starter on Sunday if Trevor Lawrence can't go with the injured toe. And he said just about what you'd expect, a solid, veteran, professional backup quarterback to say. Routine doesn't change other than the fact that in practice I'm getting the, the reps as it was today. Uh, other than that, my, my process is the same because, you know, as a backup, you're one play away in any situation, any game of the year. So you gotta, you got to take the process the same way through. You know, one of my favorite stories of all time, Brian, I don't know if you remember it. Back in the 90s, uh, the Bills had a quarterback, and I forget his name, and it's probably good I forget his name for his sake. But basically, uh, the starter gets hurt. The backup comes in, plays horrible, and the and in the media afterward, he kind of goes, "Yeah, I wasn't ready. I really didn't prepare." <laughs> that was J.P. Lossman, I believe. No, it, no? It, it 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 was it was one circuit with the Bills behind that. But I, I always kind of said, "You know, that's probably what I, I mean." I'm sure I'm sure C.J. prepares, but I'm, I'm I'm sure there are times where the guy goes in and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> I really." Coach? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh-oh. So. Big story this week, obviously, Trevor's toe. The other story, Derrick Henry, who has put up 345 yards and five touchdowns the last two times he's played the Jaguars. Remember, he did not play in the second game last year because he had the foot injury. So this is the first game last year and the last game in 2020. Henry has been a beast. And Foye Aluakon, the Jaguars' starting inside linebacker, was signed in free agency for games just like this. As a team, 11, 11 man football. We got to uh, fit our gaps. You know, they, 
they line up in certain formations, you know, they're going to run the ball. They might play action off of it. When he has the ball, we got to be able to get off our blocks and get to the ball because, you know, he is a very powerful guy, fast guy. We got to be able to plug up the gaps, and if he bounces it, get to the ball, help everybody tackle. You're talking to people yesterday uh, in Nashville. They have had to find other ways mm-hmm. to get Derrick Henry going. And, and, and as we heard from Jonathan Hutton in our interview with him, he hasn't gotten going in recent weeks. He still has that ability to run downhill on you, but it's when he gets outside that he's causing more trouble this year for teams. Yeah, it feels like he is still a player that is very, very good. Um, I, I'm not sure their offensive line is as is as powerful as it has been in the last uh, – I well, guess before his injury. Roger Saffold's in Buffalo and Taylor Lewan's on IR, so you're right. And – what I mean by that is there were times where in the last probably 20 or 19 and 20 when he was really dominant that the Titans, you would look up and they were running their way back into games being down 14 points, which right. is really hard and really rare in this league. And it showed you what they are as a franchise. It strikes you that they're not quite that, and that's what they want to be. That being said, comma, he is uh, – still very capable yep. if things are going right to completely dominate you so it's almost like well maybe they're running games not as much as it was but it's a nine instead of a ten well you follow look, me. it so. used to be that he was a first and second down back and you had to get him on first and second down to put yourself right in manageable third down well now he has a career high in both receptions and yardage and he had that long you know, narrowly missed the uh, the touchdown pass last Which shows week. you they don't have quite as much confidence they can just turn the ball and, I mean, I turn around and hand it to them. 100%. So they need that to foot figure injury, out the ways. Yeah, right? that foot injury has had an impact. And their offensive line, it appears, isn't quite, hey, we're going to do this. Right. And, and uh, don't worry about trying to disguise it. So uh, they're adapting, and that's the reason they're still 7-5 and five in first place. We know them. They're in the division. We know them because they simply are that team that is the same seemingly year to year. One of the longest tenure Jaguars is defensive lineman Dewan Smoot, who certainly has a perspective on the neighbors to the north. I mean, we know what they're going to bring to the table. We know uh, 22 going to run the ball. We know we got we to gotta be strong against the run. We got to get vertical. We got to, you know, set edges. So. That's the plan as always has been the plan. You know, the times that we did play them, we played them well. That's what we did, so. Yeah, you almost get the feeling, Brian, that they walk into the game plan meetings on defense, yeah. and they're like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, we know what this yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, and obviously there's nuances to it, but you have to stop that guy, and uh, it it is one of those rare things. Usually in the NFL, when you say, okay, we're going to take something away, you go do it. Well, this guy is good enough where even if you decide to do that, you look up and he's running for 90 yards on you because he's broken a tackle. And you're like, what in the world happened? Well, he's that good. Right. You know, and, and that happens. They don't have the weapons in the passing game, especially of Traylon Burks, their first-round draft choice, who had the big hit in the end zone last week and was concussed and is in the concussion protocol if he doesn't play, right? They don't have that, that tight end that's such a huge matchup mm-hmm. problem, and they always seem to have had that guy. I would think this should be a week. You could put eight in the box – trusting the guys on the outside to be able to handle one-on-one. And that's saying a lot because we know the secondary has been troublesome this year. Yeah, I I, uh, I hope so. But I would say that uh, the secondary has not proven that yet. So if, if, if you do that, uh, it's worth watching. Yeah, 
All right. Well, that's uh, our tour around the locker room for you here on a Thursday morning edition of Jags Drive Time. When we return, time for He Will, He Won't, He Might. Back after this. Well, Suddeth is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Suddeth is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, call 904-638-7536 or visit Suddeth.com. Welcome back. Jags Drive Time. Brian and John with you in time for He Will, He Won't, He Might. And John, we'll start with you. I'm going with Zay Jones, who I've I've done in this segment multiple times and I think it's because I think he's so key to the offense I think you agree uh, he will uh, play this week that was not a given last week he went into the game very questionable uh, and he won't and this is really the meat of my he will he won't he Let's might go. Ryan yeah there's some that are okay yeah. some are not he won't have four drops and I'm not sure he'll have, he'll have any drops and the reason I say that is Although he didn't really want to go there, I think the chest injury last week had to have been a huge factor in why he played so poorly. Uh, I I think he's motivated to show that he's not that guy. Um, I'm not sure he has to worry about it that much. I I don't think he's ever been that guy, and and I I don't think he will be that guy. Uh, And as I've said multiple times in this segment this year, he might be the key to them offensively because when he's right, we saw it against Baltimore. Yep. When he's right, he gives you that other element and can open up everything, not only for Christian Kirk, who seems to not really need somebody to open it up for him. He's pretty consistent. But for the running game, uh, you know, if Zay Jones gets going, now all of a sudden the Titans, who are very good against the run, maybe they can't pay quite as much attention. I don't think ETN is going to have you know, a 25-carry four-yard, but can he pop one? Yeah. If he could pop one and flip the field because of what Zay Jones is doing is big. So I think Zay Jones, again, might be the key to their offense. Big picture, looking into 2023, getting him going again and being consistent here at the end of the year allows you to feel good about bringing Calvin Ridley in to mesh with what you're getting from Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and, and not feel like, oh, we got to solve this one. we got to go find that number two receiver. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they really needed to. I think they've got... You know, people always want to talk about Christian Kirk like he's a a pure slot, pure three. Sometimes you've got to get away from like labels, if you will. Right. I think Christian is it is a very good two who can go play the slot in this offense. They kind of move around so much. I think Christian's fine as your two slash two a. Yeah, I don't mean it to be is, a slight to him. R- r- right. right. I, I just but I've. I fall victim to that, too. I think Ridley is your one, Zay is your two, and Christian is your slot is a really powerful thing. But if you move Christian around and Zay around, I think Ridley, Zay, and Christian is a really, really good group to go in with, regardless of what he does the rest of the year, but certainly you'd love his confidence up. Well, and my he will, he won't, or he might – is a guy who could also open things up, and that's Evan Engram, who, like Zay, 
had a couple of drops last week. This week, he will make catches. I think there was something about him getting that ball into the end zone that flipped a switch at him. He, of course, this week in the locker room was regret, remorseful is the better word. He regretted dropping the ball as much as he did, and he will be a guy who makes the clutch catch this week. Now, he won't be a 100-yard receiver, but he might, John, be that guy finally that we're waiting for from that position to be the third down and six, third down and seven, go right to Evan, go right to Evan. There's been a couple games this year where there's been a rhythm with Evan Ingram moving the chains and playing an important part in keeping this team on the field. This might be the week that he gets to be there. As you mentioned, they are excellent, the Titans are, at stopping the run. Mm -hmm. But they're not as good on the back end. Their numbers no. defensively show that, kind of like the Jaguars. But if Evan Ingram can get some mismatches, yeah. then Evan Ingram could be that important part. And, of course, if he's roaming the middle of the field making plays, it's tough to have two guys looking, hey, where's Christian Kirk? Yeah, it just feels like you know, we both went offense with that segment. Yep. Obviously, there's so much on defense that, you know, frankly, I tried to sort of figure out a defensive guy. So much is going on defensively that it's it's hard to focus on one guy, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's – but offensively, uh, to me, this feels like a game where in order to win, you need to have some spurts where it feels like the fourth quarter against Baltimore, where Trevor's on, where it's really going. And to me, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram are key to that. These two guys, Trevor, if they're going to win, it feels like they have to be going and it has to feel like late Baltimore. All right. We'll come back with some final thoughts and Monday's headlines today here on Jags Drive Time, presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Thursday morning. All right, we're back to wrap up our final show of the week. Brian and John with you here from TIAA Bank Field. And uh, Monday's headlines today. I got I got a sense where this is going, but what do you say? Well, uh, on the keyboard, you have to hit shift to do like hashtag, exclamation point, asterisk. You know how you have to, like a curse word? Yeah. I, I'm afraid that's what it's going to be. Okay. Meaning, not not blowout. Uh, I have a feeling they play better against Tennessee. I'd be surprised if it's one of those slide games where you just feel like it's all going against them. Uh, but I, I just don't know if up there Titans have a chance to clinch. Um, you know... I think it's a big ask for a uh, for a defense that is really struggling right now right. to completely shut them down. So I'm going to go with big back blues. And uh, not that uh, Derrick Henry is going to run wild and embarrass this defense, but I, I could see the headline above the photo of him with his shoulder down driving into the end zone. Uh, he has owned the Jaguars, especially up there. I think the Jaguars can corral him because I haven't seen the same Derrick Henry of course, big backs start to lose that effectiveness the more banging they've got going on in their uh, in their game. But I, I still think he's the difference, the, that guy that that wins, that yeah. takes the team, puts it on his back, and gets it in for the game-winning touchdown. I think it'll be close. I think you might even say, okay. All right. right. After so many bad days at Nissan Stadium, finally a day where you leave with your head held high. But with a defense that couldn't get – the Lions off the field. I just don't know how you pick this. Yeah, game. and again, I'm looking forward to this one because it's a winnable game. Yeah, 
it's winnable. And again, I keep going back to you know, at some point this franchise is going to get one. And not and uh, Baltimore was one of them. Uh, we forget that because they had the one off last week. I think it's a one off. But Baltimore was one of them where you walked off saying, okay, they beat a team that's pretty impressive. Yep. This would feel like that with division ramifications. All right. Well, let's see if we can get it done. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. And to Joe and to Brent Reber and everyone who works to put together the show every day, certainly appreciate your time and trouble turning us on. Have a great day, great rest of your week. Talk to you Sunday from Nissan Stadium in Nashville.